Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? Wrestling with a Bear Podcast. Our guest today, like Pun introduced uh, when we uh, opened the show, is Kim Bartlett. Um, watching uh, wrestling in back uh, 1969, February 1969, I saw Bruno Sammartino uh, at a high school gym in New Martinsville, West Virginia. I started going to WWF shows up in Wheeling, West Virginia, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Ohio. So yeah, um, I... I grew up playing sports, watching wrestling, and every month my dad would take me to the little newspaper stand and I'd buy a wrestling magazine. I was hooked from like five on. I didn't wow. want comic books. Mm. I wanted wrestling magazines. <laughs> no. So you had the blessing of being a wrestling fan during the good old days of the territories and the regionals. Oh, yeah. I was a handsome fan uh, back back in the day. And I uh, would read about the Texas wrestlers and AWA and all that long before they were, you could find them on television. And um, I, I'm so old, I would use the rabbit ears on the TV <laughs> with foil <laughs> so I could watch uh, the AWA shows uh, because I picked them up on UHF channels. Wow. Wow, wow. That's a, see, I, I was born in the 90s, so I really came in during the, the cable vision era. And, and so that, that was me. Now, in high school, was wrestling big? Like, when, when you were in high school, was wrestling a big thing? Because I know when I was in elementary school and middle school during the 90s, wrestling was everything. Was it the same way during, the, uh, during your years in high school? Yeah. Well, see, I graduated in 82. So uh, that was the TBS era. So at Tommy Rich, uh, the Koloffs, the Andersons going on. I even saw um, Hulk Hogan come down to a tournament on, on TBS as Sterling Golden get his ass handed to him. And it was great <laughs> when he was just learning. Uh, but yeah, I, I got I got to live through all of the uh, you know the um, Andy Kaufman, Jerry Lawler feud, okay. all that. I, that you know, I got to see all the classics. You got to see I all even the drank good a stuff. Beer. <laughs> I got to drink a beer with Jimmy Snooker once. Oh, so wow. That's, wow. That, that, that's a story I'd like to hear about, if you, if you don't mind telling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when they would do their shows in Wheeling, they would go, there was a, it was like a Holiday Inn Ramada. I forget what it was, exactly it was. But it was right by the interstate ramp, so they could go on to Columbus or up to Pittsburgh or go, you know, uh, over toward Philly. And they would stay there. And so I was 18, 19 years old in college. Went up there and drank with drank with the Coloss, drank with the Andersons. <laughs> they were all up there. And you, you'd have the TBS guys come through, and then you have the WWF guys come through. So, I, I mean, it was that, was that was back in the day. I mean, seeing Bob Backlund as champ and shit, you know, that's the kind of stuff I got to see growing up. Oh, man, that, that must wow. have been so awesome. So what music were you into growing up? Were you like all around into like everything or was are you were you like a metalhead? Were you a rocker? What what were you into? Uh, I have 70s, very... 80s, I'm, I'm going to guess she was she was into the, the, the rock phase. I was into rock, man. Hair bands. Yes. I was into the hair yes. bands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Night Ranger and Twisted Sister and Metallica and, you know, all, all the great ones, uh, you know, if they had hair and they sang, man, but I like Queen, so, you know, it, it was, my, it was a very odd, bands, Queen. you know, Whitney Houston, Madonna, all that. I mean, I was in high school when the Wendy Richter um, had her big thing with Cindy Lauper and Captain Piano, oh, wow. so, you know. That's when I wanted to be a wrestler. That's what what, what got me going. Now, you uh, would obviously go on to become an author, but what books really um, interested you at, uh, growing up or as an adult? What books were that, that influenced you? Uh, I like murder mysteries. Um, I like science fiction. I, I like uh, romance. I, I, I read a lot of different stuff. Uh, I read a lot of Gary Vee. Um, there, I mean, I, I don't have any one genre that I read. I want, I don't really like Stephen King though. It creeps and scares the crap out of him, but I love the stand, but I can't read his books. I have nightmares. Now, if you had to pick three <laughs> books to, uh, any of our listeners to list to, uh, to read what three books off the top of your head right now, would, would you give them? Uh, um, the Percy Jackson series, um, uh, uh, I'm, I've read uh, a lot of the Harry, all the Harry Potter books because I like that science fiction stuff, and uh, the J.D. Robb murder mysteries. Uh, uh, they're Nora Roberts, but she writes as J.D. Robb and her futuristic murder mysteries. She's a cop in the future, serving all. Uh, she's solving all these bizarre murders. Got you, got you. Now, what was like? What was the process of actually becoming a, a published author? Um. I started writing books uh, back in the 90s. I wrote a lot of satire oh, books. Um, I was, back in the mid-90s, I was a special education advocate, and I was dealing with the school system a lot, and I wrote some very sarcastic um, graphic comics about, uh, in fairy tale format, about the school system, which did not help. Uh, very much. Uh, I don't think they appreciated that very much. But uh, uh, no, I, I wrote. I wrote a lot of that. Um, I wrote a lot of self-help books uh, back then, you know, uh, to help parents. And then uh, a little older, I started uh, older. <laughs> when I started Ignite, that's funny. Um, right before Ignite, I wrote books about how to, um, you know, work from home, uh, how to be an entrepreneur, and then I wrote books about my journey into wrestling. Interesting. You know, you really, when you mentioned you were a special ed advocate, you know, that really caught my attention because I was a special ed kid, you know, when I was, you know, in grade school, you know, being content mastery, you know, the special ed program. So it's, it's really something misunderstood, you know, us kids like that, you know, having requiring, it's not that we want it, we require these special people just don't understand the struggles and the pain that we go through. So, so you being an advocate, exactly, how did you, did you like stand up for it? Did you like, advocate that you know more help is needed like how exactly did that experience work out for you uh my son i have a son that's 38 uh my son was not diagnosed correctly by the school system they wanted to fail him even though he had passed God. uh he had adhd and learning that, that happened to me too so uh sorry i got a little emotional that did happen to me too um so i got with this wonderful organization called west virginia parent training information center and they taught me the process, taught me what my son's rights were, 
and I was such a dick about it and did so, uh, got so many violations on the school system that um, I was asked to come on board and teach other parents uh, the process and their rights and how to advocate for their own children. And um, I did that for seven years. Uh, I was even part of the um, uh, the congressional subcommittees that testified when they reauthorized the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act in 92, or not 92, but 98, uh, or 96. Yeah, 96, 98. But I was involved in that. And um, you talked about my, my son's uh, journey and the struggles that we had tr just trying to get basic services and how they um, would abuse children, uh, especially especially children with attention deficit disorder and um, learning disabilities. And I was so tired of them, um, the way teachers treated us. I had a teacher grab me and shake me um, and leave bloody welts on my arms with her fingernails telling me that she was going to break my son. And I said, my son ah, isn't yeah. broken. My son is not broken. My son needs to learn the way that he needs to learn, not the way you want to teach it for the last 30 years. And um, I ended up getting her retired. God, God bless you, Kim, because I, too, I was in a, in a French international school because I'm French-American. I was born in France, and I was um, emotionally abused, verbally abused by a teacher. Of course, they'll deny it. Where I was, bullying was not only tolerated, but I swear to you, on my grandfather's grave, it was encouraged. I remember those t one of the teachers, the most cruel of them all, telling the kids, make fun of Alex. He's stupid. He won't fight back. And to this day, I swear to you, they'll just say it's not true. Alex is just desperate for attention. I will get to their face yeah. and say, lie all you want. But one day, your judgment day is coming. You're not going to hide from it. Oh, wow. When my son I, I, do I math, swear to you, I'm not exaggerating. It's the God's honest truth. Teachers were cruel to I me. I believe you. When my son couldn't do math, he had a, he had a math disability um, and a written language disability. When he couldn't do math, they would line the t kids up, have them go walk past his desk, and tell him what they thought about them all losing recess because he couldn't do a math problem. They alienated him. He was in fifth grade trying to kill himself. Oh, uh, damn and, it. You know, and the teachers uh, felt justified and, uh, and everything. And I really don't want to talk much more about this because, you know, it, it, I don't it, it, it hits home. It's making me cry because it brings uh, back painful memories on my end too, but... Sometimes these experiences, because me being a kid, the way I was, I was a difficult child. Now I live in regret how it was to my parents, but, you know, some people say, well, you were a kid. Like, some of the kids would tell me to have my back after they understood, well, Alex, you know, like that. And they say, you were a kid, Alex, but still, sometimes as a grown-up, you kind of regret how you were as a kid, even though it's, you know, you were a kid. But, yeah, I don't blame you for not wanting to talk about this. It's, it's painful. Um, you know, it, I, I, just, I debated doing it when I came to Florida because my contract was... I had the the ability to, to shift to Florida, but I'm not bilingual. I mean, I'm from West Virginia. I barely speak English, you know. <laughs> and uh, well, and I say that jokingly, but maybe we're I, from New York, you know. In New York, we did. <laughs> I, I, I'm from Texas. <laughs> I grew up where we had no accents, and uh, yeah, I mean, we had our southern. I have a little southern accent, but I was up near Pittsburgh. I was never around Hispanics. I was never around anybody with any type of accent. Um, and when I moved to Florida, it was a massive adjustment just with the names of the cities. It took me forever to be able to say Okeechobee. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Aaliyah. You know, because we didn't have, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, Narcusi and all these words. We didn't have that, and we didn't have different nationalities. Um, they they were very generic names, and um, there was no no ethnicity up there really, uh, and and uh, and you know especially nobody from another country. And I think for the first year I was down here, people thought I was had a hearing impairment because I had to have people keep repeating stuff because I just wasn't used to the accents at first. It's 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 tough. I mean, here even in Texas, we have numerous accents. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, we say y'all, but we say y'all everywhere, but like, and sometimes we don't say the full season. Instead of San Antonio, a lot of us will say just San Antonio. We'll say San Antonio. We'll say Corpus instead of Corpus well, Christi. Well, you, you had mentioned that you, you grew up a, a wrestling fan and you had told us some of your favorite wrestlers. What are some of your favorite matches and moments? Or what was the moment that made you realize that you wanted to get in the business somehow? Oh, um, Stan Hansen, Bruno San Martino, 1976, in Madison Square Garden when he broke his neck. And I realized oh, that this was not play acting. <laughs> that this was, this was, this was insane. Uh, that was one of the matches. Uh, and I can't remember Jimmy Fly, Superfly Snook and somebody. I just remember him coming off a cage. And I wanted to do that so bad. Against... It was Don, Don Morocco. Yes, that's yeah. um, that's magnificent Morocco. Yes, uh, I mean seeing that stuff back then. Um, I can remember being a little kid and uh, them supposedly doing this big injury on. Um, uh, I want to say it, it was uh, Chief J Strongbow, and he had a bandage on his nose. And then the following week, the bandage was gone. His nose was fine, and I was just like, man, these guys are the superhuman. <laughs> But, you know, I didn't get kayfabe. I was like eight, eight years old. But, you know, I, I grew up I grew up watching it, you know, with my at my grandmother's usually. And I had a little five foot tall grandmother that you couldn't sit near because she was so excited. <laughs> Fists and feet were going and she'd have you in a headlock going I, like this. That's fun's <laughs> mom. That's, that's <laughs> I mean, you just there are certain people you can't sit near at a wrestling event. <laughs> <laughs> we took her. We took her. We took her one time. We got her one time to go to a show. Haystacks Calhoun, oh. who was 500 yeah, and some pounds one of the largest at the time. wrestlers in the world. He went about off. He was one of the one of the five largest wrestlers in the world. He went to lean to bounce off the ring rope, and it broke, and he almost fell on her. And she wouldn't go back because she said, all I saw was a butt coming out. <laughs> <laughs> she would never go back, but she had the best time. We we had more fun holding her down to keep her because she was going to go in the ring. She had the chair and everything. <laughs> she was she was ready to go. <laughs> My mother believed man got blown up in that limo until he showed up on Raw when Chris Benoit did what he did. My mom believed he did all that time that Vince McMahon was really dead and got blown up in that limo. Until he showed up. I thought he was dead. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. John, John, how is Miss McMahon still alive? <laughs> and, you know, my mom is in her early 70s. And to this day, she believes wholeheartedly what she sees on that TV. Screen. I wish we had fans like that still, bro. I really do. <laughs> We do. I've spoken to them. I, I know a fan. You know, well, they're definitely not in New Pro. York. I'll tell you that they're definitely <laughs> not in New York. 
Because no, you gotta kill yourself to get over. That man I know was York. in New York. He was in New York when Bob Backlund lost the title to the Iron Sheik. He believed the Iron Sheik, you know, the, the foreign heel was actually, you know, that way he actually in, legitimately injured Backlund and took the title. I mean, his his dad was there when um, when Bruno Sammartino lost the title to Ivan Koloff. He thought the Russian bad guy beat the superhero. <laughs> it was so easy back then, man. It was just so easy. Uh, so we're going to be playing a, a little game with you later. Name that tune. Uh, the, the pro wrestling edition. Uh, you had mentioned to us before we got on that you didn't really, you don't really listen to wrestling, uh, you know, commentary in the music or anything. But as 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 a kid or uh, as a teenager, were there any memorable wrestling themes that just stuck out to you? Undertaker. Absolutely, you heard that noise, man. You knew he was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that is one of the best, most iconic edges. You know what's ever. funny is I talk to people, right? I talk to people from all different ages like that haven't watched wrestling. They're like, oh, I haven't watched it in 20 years. I haven't watched it in 10 years. But no matter how old they are, no how, matter what the age gap is, they always talk about Undertaker. They don't remember matches. Yeah. They won't tell you all the wrestlers. They'll be like, Undertaker and his entrance. And that just yeah. tells you like, how big, like, Undertaker probably could have been the shits in the ring. But as long as he had that entrance, he was going to be remembered. You know, like... <laughs> in the early 90s, he wasn't the greatest yet. He wasn't the greatest yet in the early 90s. Well, look at the opponents so he had. It was, <laughs> was really that that us to him. That pale look, that long, dark reddish hair, the, the eyes rolling back. You know, he he was a little sloppy with his tombstone and, yeah. and his chokeslam. Yeah. So I mean, he he wasn't that attractive until later on. But that that entrance, Brother <laughs> Love and Paul Bearer back then, they they helped make that gimmick <laughs> last until he wasn't green anymore. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, the the other one I'd have to say that always popped me and. Mainly because it was just ridiculous with the bushwhackers. I was so close to that. I was so close to putting that in the game. I didn't. I didn't give you that one. From back in the day. Crap. <laughs> oh my wow. god. I used to love the Bushwhackers as a kid. I'd probably, you'd probably play it, and I'd be like, "That is so familiar, but I just can't get it." <laughs> Now I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna switch over and uh, let Pun get some action in here because I know well, as we start start talking about you being in the business, this is something Pun's Pun's really interested in because it's always been Pun's dream, Pun's goal to be a promoter, be a booker, run a company. So uh, he's gonna have some questions for you. Pun, take it away. So again, I want to know like how, how long have you been a promoter? Like when did you get into it? And how did you get into it? Um, I've been a promoter six years this past January. Oh, okay. um, I got the idea, honest to God, from a mud show that we were at. I'll say that nicely. I'm not supposed to call him that. It was a really bad show. And I looked at my husband. This was 2015. And I said, I could do better than this. So um, he's like, okay. Oh, yeah. And you got, you got to understand my husband. He's actually outside the room. He just came home from work. But... Um, it was like, if you want to do it, okay. So um, 
honestly, uh, I tell you who was very instrumental in me becoming a promoter was Lince Dorado. Okay. Um, I I actually was in Orlando doing something else. I went. I actually went to Lince's house. Oh, took my little notepad and Lince told me everything that I, I I needed to do, what I didn't do, what worked, what didn't work, and I probably took about a, half of that, <laughs> maybe a quarter. And I still everybody was telling me what to do and how to do it, and I ended up doing a lot of the things that Lince said uh, that people weren't doing right, and, and I took that to heart. And I and I kind of did the opposite of what every vet told me to do, except for Lince, because everybody had an idea. That's, Everybody was yeah. like, well, and I honest to God had this dude, uh, another company wanted, was going to work with me. I won't say their name. Fuck them. I'm not giving them any um, PR, but they had a friend that was going to be the book. They told him, well, he'll book and you'll do this. I said, what am I going to do? Well, you can sell tickets at the door. And I thought, wait a second. <laughs> I'm, I own the company. I'm paying for it. I'm promoting it. And someone else is going to run it. Well, you can sell tickets at the door or work in the concession stand. And I went, oh my God. I went ahead and booked the show and did everything. And the guy calls me up and he's like, why are you booking these people? I'm the booker. And I said, who made you the booker? It's my company. And he was like, we had a, this discussion. I said, who's we? I'm, 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 I'm looking at it. Nope. The OLC only has my name on it. I don't see your name on it. I don't see anybody else's name on it. Oh my God. It's wow. Like, it's just- are everywhere, man. This is like or the rest. <laughs> before before starting promoting and starting Ignite Wrestling, did you have thoughts of being a, a performer? Did you? Oh, have- back in the eighties. Yeah, back in the eighties. I'm fifty eight years old now. There was no way at fifty two this ass was going in space. <laughs> it wasn't happening. And um, it was funny because I was at an event today and um. I went to a networking event and I have a knee brace because I'm going to eventually have to have my knee replaced probably. And um, I'm in the knee brace and I said, what happened? I said, I was training for the show and I hurt myself. <laughs> and I just really believed me. And I thought, no, there ain't no way I'm going to. I wanted to. I would love, if, I can't pull myself into the ring because everybody's like, oh, jump in the ring. I was like, well, get some stairs. Like, <laughs> yeah, when you pull into the ring, we'll let you in your own ring. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Get, get a, min, a mini three-step escalator. <laughs> I, I have a chair, but with my knee, I can't push with my knee to get into the ring. So I'm not allowed in the ring. The guys don't want me to hurt myself. They're they're very good about that. So when you first started Ignite, was it easy for you to get talent to work for you? Or? Oh, yeah. All right. Really? Um, it wasn't as hard as people thought because I knew people. Um, before I did Ignite, I was actually doing merch. I had a company called Wrestle Swag. And I had a, I was a new, publishing a newspaper and, and doing merchandise for the LWO, for Lindsay, for Desmond Xavier, some one-off stuff for a bunch of guys. So, you know, making the transition over uh, wasn't that hard. I had a couple people that um, still don't, to this day, don't work for me. Because we would go, when we were setting it up and coming into the show, and the first couple shows, my husband and I would go somewhere and they would start talking to my husband. And he'd be like... Um, it's her company. And so, and, and when I tried to talk to one of the guys, and to this day he still says that I'm, uh, I don't like him, uh, every time I tried to talk to him, he ignored me or he'd walk away while I was talking, and I'd never booked him because he just never showed me any respect. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. That's um, a big part of wrestling. you got to have a good work ethic. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because he's like, well, I think she doesn't book me because she doesn't like homosexuals. And I was like, dude, have you looked at my roster? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I got pansexuals, what? bisexuals, transsexuals. <laughs> you name it, I've got it. Uh, but no, it, it honestly, it didn't, it, that doesn't matter to me at all. Uh, I don't care. I don't care if you're purple and you, and you talk in Chinese in my show, just be respectful to the fans, be respectful to me and be respectful in the locker room. That's the only thing you got to do. Make sure you shake enough hands. It, it, I don't it, shake hands. Oh, <laughs> uh, we, we, I don't when, shake hands. I have to. I have little hands, and they squish my hands when they sh when they shake my hands. When There's me and Pun were tag teaming, we did a show in Connecticut, and we did it. We they put us against each other, even though we're a tag team. So it was like a tournament thing. So I was supposed to go over and come back the next week and continue in the tournament. Well, we're like in the match, and we're like just started doing shit in the match, and they go call for them to go home. So the ref tells us yo you guys got to go home and we're like bro we just got into heat like he was just getting his heat on me and i'm like all right uh cool uh like so we went wound up working a spot and that makes sense to get us to go home we do it and come to find out the reason they're not bringing any of us back is because we didn't shake enough hands believe <laughs> <laughs> that and I remember shaking. I remember we we got there last. It was a last minute. I did it. We were doing it as a favor to a, to a, uh, to yep. somebody. We drove out. So last we were coming we out there like or last minute. Here. I believe we shook everybody's hand. I don't know. I remember being in the middle of getting dressed and and I'm just shaking right. hands like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can always tell the young guys, and it's always funny because the, the young guys and the ones that are riding in the car because they're all those, hi, I'm so, so hi, 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 and they're going through the lawn. <laughs> and, it's, it, and, and I mean, they're, they're, they're very respectful. But, you know, it, 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 it kind of depends on who you work with. I'll tell you, the guys that come out of um, uh, Tennessee, uh, Jaden uh, Newman's um, students, uh, the, the Good Sisters, uh, Sage Phillips, that whole crew, uh, Carson Dillback and um, oh, Baby Dragon, I, Aaron, uh, Aaron Wade? No, something. But, but that is the most respectful crew you'll ever work with. Uh, ma'am, ma'am, everything's ma'am, and the Carolina boys, everything's ma'am. And I keep telling them if they keep calling me ma'am and Miss Kim, I'm going to, I'm going to, Tell them that every time they say, call me Miss Kim, I'm going to picture, picture me as a dominatrix. I'll break you and do that. <laughs> That's a good that one. Is that is funny. That is funny. All right. So now that you've been, you know, running Ignite for the past, what, six years, do you have a top five? Ignite wrestling matches? Uh, my top five? Uh, Ray Fury, Serpentico. That's my favorite Lucha match. Um, my funniest match was actually, we had um, a guy that wrestles as coach gym teacher and Aaron, Aaron Nova. And they had a volleyball match at the beginning. Uh, uh, came out and they played, had, had, or no, not, I'm sorry, dodgeball. And they did the one, two, three dodgeball and <laughs> had a dodgeball segment. Oh, oh man, I'm a big fan of comedy. Uh, and it, and it's, and uh, of course, the commentary team is, uh, you know, uh, the young professor and, and, and Sticks. 
and they're just having a grand old time with the five D's of dodgeball. Dive, dodge, and dodge. Dive and dodge. But they were having a, having a blast. Um, we had a triple threat that was um, uh, was uh, I'm trying to think who what was in that triple threat. It was Beasley, uh, Timmy. Tim, uh, Timmy Lou Retton and um, uh, the thrill seeker, Justin Black, oh, wow. uh, who Blanco Loco without a mask. Um, and uh, that was probably one of the best triple threats uh, that that we've had. And then we had a really good match uh, with, um, let's see, I'm going to think tag match, tag match, tag match. Uh, we had... Um, we had a four-way tag match, and it was um, it was uh, the that classic tag team. All right. It was our tech, uh, T.C. Reed and Mike Monroe, who were our champions, uh, Marquise Carter and uh, Mikey Spandex, uh, Task Force. And uh, Mikey Spandex is now uh, a WWE NXT ref. Okay. okay. And then we had um, uh, Beast and, and uh, Beastly and Ozzy Kilmeister. And... Uh, it was one of those roll up at the last minute kind of kind of deals, and um, we had a new tag champ. But the ending was one of the best endings we've ever had. And and then my other favorite was uh, we had a lucha we had a lucha rules match. Uh, Lince Dorado, uh, John um, John Cruz, uh, Jay Rios, and uh, Mister Four Fifty Nekawolf. I, I remember yes. seeing that match. I, know, I, I, I remember seeing. And that. and they had they had a ki- they had a kiss party. At one point, they got to arguing, and one of them kissed the other. They kissed a ref. They kissed Speedy <laughs> Ruiz, the photographer. And, and every Valentine's Day, I play that video. <laughs> uh, uh, the kiss part. Yo, kiss the one you love. <laughs> and um, and then we had a we had a, a, a fantastic match. Um, we had Red Velvet and Diamani uh, back in, in 2016 when they just had started wrestling. And that, 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 that's pretty much my five right now. That's awesome. That, that's awesome. All right, Bear Man, I know you wanted to talk to Kim about her podcasting. Absolutely. So and, and let, let the silence <laughs> be lifted. Off the well, cancer, aside from this show, I've got four. It's brutal, obviously, but I'd like to get your thoughts. And I'd like to know, when did you start podcasting? I started um, actually at a talk radio show in 2015, 2016. Uh, I was on iHeart and we live streamed. Then we went to YouTube for a while. It was called the Wrestle Talk, and I took a break. And now, now I'm back, and I'm actually doing um, the Woman on Fire podcast, which is me. We're doing Ignite Full Access, which is uh, me and anybody that's ever been at Ignite. And then I have one for our because um, we have. Um, we have a we have a food website ignite eats and then I have a recipe of the day where I do uh, one recipe a day and sometimes I TikTok those. Oh, mm. But um, uh, it, it's it's kind of fun. I I want to do more podcasting. Um, and I have a platform that I like and um, that I can do the video and I have a great audio platform. But it took me three years to find a platform that I liked uh, for me. That's super easy because OBS and me hated each other. I could not use OBS. Yeah. I have a love hate relationship with OBS. Yeah, I hate, hate relationship. <laughs> OBS can certainly sometimes be a big pain in the butt, but what, what was in the, in the art of podcasting? Um, 
I love it. I got into podcasting because well, I got into talk radio. Um, I actually started um, my original uh, talk radio show was community. It was like community good 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 events and you know feel good stories and stuff. And I had a, had and it and it turned into wrestling. Um, I just didn't see women uh, in in podcasting and wrestling. And if they were, they it was just an interview, but there was nobody asking the questions. It was a woman. Um, and if they did, it was never anything like in-depth. It was kind of fluffy pieces. And I just wanted to get out there, especially when, when I talk about podcasting, uh, when I talk on my own podcast, is talking about stuff that I struggle with and, you know, and things that people might not be thinking about. Um, and organization and, and tech and software and stuff because people don't realize I've done a lot of things other than this and I have a lot of background and a lot of coaching and I was a product uh, I was a project account manager for one of the biggest tech platforms of its kind in the world so I know a little bit about technology more than most people realize what has been like obviously being a podcaster comes with a lot of struggles i mean i know that from experience i mean it's affecting me today but what are your what are the struggles in podcasting in your case my biggest well honest to god my biggest struggle was finding guests that would show up on time wow uh, and, and you know everybody wants to be on a podcast but you you know um i, I see people saying oh i'd love to do a podcast love to do a podcast and then okay here's the link here's my calendar pick your time this and then crickets nothing you don't hear from them and then and then you see them like two weeks later going I'd like to be on a podcast <laughs> believe me that has happened so many times i mean i've even been criticized myself for working through a schedule i'm a journalist if we put deadlines we yes. meet our deadlines that's part of our etiquette and being in journalism and people don't take that seriously that's why all these podcasters They'll do an episode, and then, after, and then three months, there's nothing, and then they wonder why they fail because you're not committed to it. But uh, that's kind of why when I when I did access, I thought, well, you know what? I'll just do the ignite people because that's 192 people. If 192 people have worked for me and you won't come on my podcast, I'm gonna hurt somebody. You know, mm -hmm. just not like throwing it out there. Go anybody come in? Like y'all know me? Come on my podcast. And so far, I mean, I've had Phil Stamper, I've had Jaden. Um, Newman, I had um, Princess Deathwish, and I just recorded Tuesday with Eliza Hayes, which is actually airing right after this podcast. Oh, I actually know Philip Stamper. I actually spoke to him at a Paley Pro Wrestling yeah, show actually last summer. Philip Stamper, he's like uh, like a guru in like indie wrestling, man. Like he knows everybody. He, he, he knows not, every show that's he has going down. Forgot more than most people know. The guy, the guy's amazing, and he does the wrestling calendar yep. and and does all the seminar stuff. He's great, and we were like, it was funny because we'd always been Facebook friends. I didn't meet him until I booked him to come down and be a ring announcer uh, last year, and talked and and I see him doing his Facebooks and lives and everything, and we just kind of like just started talking like we'd always talked. It was just like, oh, now we're in front of each other finally. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Uh, Kim, in your experience, do you prefer being the host or the guest in podcasts? I like being the guest because I can say F words a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> no. and, and why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? 
Um, Ignite Full Access is basically I take you behind the scenes. We talk to the wrestlers. Uh, you know, are they a Marvel fan? Are they a DC fan? You know, what kind of music do they listen to? You know, what did how did they grow up? You know, uh, wh- what do they do that people don't know? Um, I mean, some of the stuff some of these wrestlers has done uh, outside on their shoot jobs is fan- just absolutely fascinating to me. Because um, I'm finding out people were trained to do CSI work and stuff. I never knew any of any of that stuff. But, um, you know, I don't get to really know the wrestlers because I'm down here in Vero Beach. And there's no wrestlers. The closest wrestler to me is 45 minutes away. But we're not hanging out or doing anything. People just show up every three months, you know, four months and do a show. We're together for five hours and then I don't see them again. You know, until wow. But it's, it's cool for me to get to know people and, and to show people, uh, you know, let people see, you know, what what they don't know about their favorite wrestler. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Now, I do have a question when it comes to the podcast. Like, because I feel like the reason why we started this podcast is because it's a different view. A lot of podcasts are more of the fan the fan point of view and like you with, mm-hmm. with the ignite podcast. I, I, I like kind of, I like to give my, my experience as a wrestler originally it was just me and a uh, bear man doing it. And, um, he's a, as a sports journalist and, and, a, and, a, and then you have a wrestler's perspective. So it brings a different, that different, uh, view on it, that different spin on it. And I, I like the idea of that. You said you, you're willing to pull back the curtain a bit. Because not a lot of promoters or bookers would want to do that. I mean, people know it's not real. Uh, and I actually had a conversation with somebody yesterday. And they were trying to tell me that we're a sport and there's certain things and blah, blah. And I'm like, we are a staged, choreographed, theatrical. And they are trained athletes, but it's predetermined. And they're like, since when? It's always been that way. <laughs> You know, but it's 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 nice to get to talk to people and you know do things differently, and um, because I have a different perspective on everything, and like uh, like the bear over here, um, he's a journalist. We do a magazine, so I'm very structured. Uh, I'm a huge into technology. I'm huge into ClickUp. I do all of our video and graphic and editing and and writing and everything. So my approach as a promoter is different than the guy that used to be a wrestler and never won a belt and started a company, you know? Gotcha. gotcha. Well, on, we're going to take a, a quick commercial break here. And when we get back, we're going to have pun play name that tune, the pro wrestling edition, oh. ladies and gentlemen, Let's see if we can stump uh, Kim here. Uh, I have a feeling we are going to. (laughs) So stay tuned. Wrestling with a Bear. We'll be right back. Did you know you can purchase official Wrestling with a Bear merchandise exclusively at wannamaneuver.net? Just open your web browser and visit wannamaneuver.net. Click the menu icon and select Shop by Store. Scroll down to select Wrestling with a Bear. There, you'll find our Lucha Bear and the Whole Truth designs available for t-shirts, long sleeves, tanks, hoodies, and more in sizes extra small through 4XL. 
Wanna Maneuver uses high-quality apparel at affordable prices, guaranteed to be the softest shirts in your collection. What are you waiting for? Visit WannaManeuver.net and support wrestling with a bear. All right, we are back from that break, and it is time for Kim to play Name That Tune wrestling edition <laughs> now she did tell us earlier in the podcast <laughs> that when she grew up watching wrestling it was muted so this 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 might be more interesting than than i thought it might be a little harder for her than i thought but let, let, let's go with the first one you know the first one it, it was up in 1980s um you know mid 80s superstar early 90s i would say Hmm. And what was it? <laughs> oh, okay. I have no idea what that is. Rex has an idea. I, I, I think I, I know, know. I know who it is. I know who it I is. I know who it is. That. That is the model Rick Martel scene. Okay. I, 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 was... I saw Alex's face. I thought, I thought Bear Man knew who it was. At first, I'm thinking, I'm like, this sounds kind of magical. Who is this? I know it was somebody like, sexy, like, but I couldn't think of who it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eric. could have gave a half a point for, for her saying somewhat sexy. <laughs> yeah, Eric, yeah. There we go. Taking that half point. <laughs> Y'all remember the, the segment? It was on the on the Brother Love show with Jake the Snake Roberts, where Martel blinded Kefe blinded him, and and that led to a what was it a blindfold match? Yeah. You know what? That was good yeah. storytelling. Yeah. All right, so Brother Love. We're, we're, we're going to go to number two. All right, I, this gentleman was wrestling around the same time as Rick Martel. I don't hear nothing, bud. I'm not hearing anything. You don't hear? No. Yeah, it, 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 it's like really, really low. I don't. Oh, I don't hear it either. All right. It's just a bunch of screaming. It's, it's Kamala. <laughs> well, I don't know what, why was it so low. It just know. sounded like a cat screeching. All I was hearing was a screechy sound. That's all I mean, it's not just screaming. Oh. There's also some sort of tribal music I would play too. <laughs> all right, what do we have next, Pun?
I can't really hear it. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. low. Yeah, this PC is. Yeah, that's a lot, that's much louder. Okay. Kim might not One get that. One of my that. favorite tag team from back then, that was the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. It just sounded like little tin music. I couldn't really hear it. Okay. All right, let's go to this one. You don't know this one? Uh, she's thinking, she's thinking. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I can't think of the name. <laughs> I want to say, it's not Tyler Breeze. It's a girl, but I... <laughs> Come on. Trying to help you look... Bailey! There you go. Hey. <laughs> there you go. It's Bailey when she had the balloons. That was Bailey when she had the balloons. All right, this one you're going to get. There's no way you're not going to get this one. a tag team but their manager used it also by himself no <laughs> Billy and Chuck when Billy and Gunn and Chuck Palumbo were a tag team they did uh, the, the gay brother tag team and they, they almost got married on Raw I wasn't watching during that period oh, wow. no I must not have been watching. Man, Wasn't the I... wedding interrupted by the debut of uh, a three-minute yes, warning? It was. Yes, yep, yep. No, I don't remember that. Rosie and Jamal. All right, she's got to get the next oh, one. Oh, okay. She's got to get the next one. Sefutia, Rusev Matka. <laughs> 
<laughs> that gave it away right there. I, I couldn't hear what it said. Bear man, you. I know where it is. <laughs> That's Rusev. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guy that well, it was all going for him, and then I don't. I I don't know why Vince didn't make him into a superstar. He should have been a superstar in WWE. I agree, but it's like it's like Chris says, Vince is not going to please everybody, right? Yep. You can't please yep. everybody. But yeah, Rusev, just another one of the long list of underutilized talent that could have been something if only they had just, you know, gotten a push. You know, if they had taken it, if they had taken that chance. You know, I don't. I was actually doing research. Him doing the Russian uh, sympathizer giving that got him legitimate heat in his homeland of Bulgaria. People didn't really people didn't understand why. I think it's because both Bulgaria was part of the Soviet Union. I believe that's probably why, or maybe, I don't know, maybe they just didn't like him being a sympathizer from another country. I mean, there's no, there's a lot of reasons, but, but yeah, the Russia, the Russian uh, sympathizer character got him legit heat in Bulgaria. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. I mean, it's probably exaggerated. It was, it's not like, it, 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 it's not like, I don't think Dave, it's not like Dave Meltzer said it. I mean, maybe, maybe it's an exaggeration. I mean, yeah, if Dave Meltzer or any of those top, you know, sports websites or wrestling websites are not the source, it's more than likely probably just an exaggeration or or, or just something not true. All right, Pond. What what other songs do we have yeah, we for got, Kim? We got we got three we got three more, Kim. This next All one right. is go, going to WCW during the during the Monday Night War days. Oh, this... oh. oh. I just want to go dancing and just just going for it. Yeah! yeah. Yes. I want. I gotta. I gotta yes. add a little bell sound bite so when people get it right, we can just put off a little bell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that is awesome. All right. I never watched WCW. <laughs> but the the only person to come out to a disco type song. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So. Two more. This one, I think. I think you should get this one. <laughs> there's, there's two right answers to this. There is two right answers to that. I was, you guys, stop talking so I can hear it. Are you gonna? the godfather but i know it's not the godfather that is actually brodus clay <laughs> <laughs> i don't know this one this one 
It's a <laughs> 2000 Steam. <laughs> sure that is the masterpiece chris masters doing all his poses okay. i thought he was going to be a superstar also well you did get get three also just like jeremy did last week oh shit man i needed <laughs> did i get a half point somewhere so i got three and a half <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got, yeah you got the half here we go she won I by a half, half. <laughs> taking my half I set my tripod back up. Uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna change the way I, I I do this so it's louder next week. Yeah. And I yeah I got it. I know what I'm gonna do. All right. So now, Kim, here's your chance. Your your cheap plug. You can plug anything you want anything you've got coming up anything going on with your podcast your books <laughs> cooking I, everything everything plug it all let us know what you're doing where you're gonna be we are we are back at walking tree brewery may tw uh, 21st at noon and it is a women's title tournament uh we have an intergender match uh we've got uh mr grim defending his title against uh, Leon Ravage, who was injured back in September. Uh, you can always catch us on all of our favorite platforms. Uh, we're at Ignite Wrestling on uh, Independent Wrestling TV, uh, Title Match, uh, Roku Fire TV, and uh, of course our YouTube channel. Uh, check out the Ignite Full Access Podcast. Uh, it is on all, uh, it, is, it is on Twitch, it is on YouTube, and it is on all streaming pod podcast uh, platforms. And don't forget to check out Ignite Eats. Uh, hot sauce, popcorn seasonings, dry rubs, chili seasonings, and this morning at 4.30, pizza seasoning. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, awesome. Uh, and we also have our own jewelry line, uh, Ignite Your Style. So, yeah, I, I'm a very bored person, and check out Zinio, where when you search for wrestling magazines, you will find Ignite Wrestling right beside Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Awesome, awesome. awesome. Jewelry line? That, that, that is awesome. Outstanding. Oh, there that, we go. And we got, look at that, we got a, a, a sneak peek at it. Look at that. No, hell yeah, that's awesome. That, I, There's also bracelets. Um, they're actually back behind me on the wall. Now that popcorn seasoning, I I, I would like some of that. <laughs> um, eight, eight flavors, eight flavors of popcorn seasoning: Cajun, uh, barbecue, uh, 
salty caramel. Um, there's garlic parm, Italian parm, Parmesan herb, uh, hot chocolate, oh, and uh, I'm forgetting one of them. And dill pickle. Oh. Mm -hmm. I look, it looks like we're gonna be we're gonna be ordering from uh, Ignite Eats. So. <laughs> Do you have an Etsy shop? I know I will be. You can find us on Etsy. We've got uh, we've got four different dry rubs. We've got more coming. Seafood seasonings. We've got a whole bunch of more products coming. Uh, because uh, we can't always do wrestling, and we just launched our brand new, and I have one, our brand new 2022 trading cards just came out this past week. And as a special thank you to everyone, we have opened up the vault, and we have every trading card series that we've ever done now available in limited numbers uh, from 2016, uh, 2018, 2019, 2020, 21, our classics, and our new 2022s. Oh, wow. Uh, Ignite Wrestling, I very busy, very busy. I'm already, <laughs> yeah. I'm already on IgniteEats.com. <laughs> He's so, already on it. <laughs> just, just so you, I'm already on IgniteEats.com. So you know. Yeah, I'm probably gonna be Ooh, uh, ordering. And I do a lot of I do a lot of retro uh -huh. recipes, so it's it's some weird recipes you may have forgot about, um, because I like to eat. But uh, and we also have uh, our own. I'll reach behind, pull out of the chair. And we have our own uh, for the fourth straight year, garlic habanero hot sauce. Garlic habanero oh. hot sauce. Yes. Oh. I'm, I, I am. I am a fat guy and a skinny guy. <laughs> yes. <on>. Yes. <laughs> Me and Chris both. We we should be four hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> the the way we eat, the things we love to eat. Oh man. <laughs> I, I like to cook, relax. So it was like a natural progression for me. And because we had the hot sauce, I was like, uh, I did a dry rub about three years ago, and nobody paid attention to it. And I'm like, I'm going to bring it back. And then I was like, well, I'm going to build a website, and then I'm going to end up doing a podcast about it, and then I'm going to do a TikTok about it. So it just kind of went from there. This is what happens when you give people technology. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I feel you on that, because you could ask pun when we live together. Like, I was always, I had an idea, okay. Now, how, what am I going to do next? And then it was always doing something like always keeping yourself busy and, and keeping yourself, I guess, for me, it was distracted from, from the world. You know, it's, okay, how can I just focus on improving, making things, you know, improving all my ideas and making them come to life? Pizza seasonings. Taco seasonings. Ooh, taco seasoning. All right. I'm looking at the internal hot sauce. Chili powder. That's I'm looking at uh, like, and man. our dry rubs are like four ounce cans. They're like half cups, half cup dry rub cans uh, in tins that we do. Everything available. This is just so cool. Oh yeah. Oh, bro. Um, my brother wants to throw a barbecue for his birthday this year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think I'm, I want. I got I'm gonna hook it up. I'm gonna hook it up with some McNight Eats, man. <laughs> you know me. I I love to be at the grill, so I I want to throw like three to five barbecues this this summer. Well, because I one was, of them being on Fourth of July. I was making a joke, and somebody said, "What's the weirdest thing that you sell?" And um, I said, uh, "Welcome mats." And they said, "What?" <laughs> I actually do welcome mats that say uh, wrestling. Uh, watching wrestling come back later. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> hey, if you need an idea for another one, unless you want to talk about pro wrestling, go away. <laughs> Don't touch 
my Dutch. I, I like that shirt. <laughs> yeah. And then plus we have our shirt. Everybody and I didn't even we well. have our shirts that people don't even realize. We have um if you go on our shopignitewrestling.com, we have 22 different shirt designs. They're not all Ignite Wrestling. A lot of them are like indie wrestling, indie themed. Um, indie wrestling is cheaper than therapy. <laughs> That's I like that. Uh, it it's probably one of our biggest. Oh, yeah. I mean, where else can I go and have a double shot of Jack and scream at a perfect stranger in her underpants, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. This has been uh, this has been awesome talking to you, Kim, and getting to know you better. I've been following you on Twitter for for a bit, and I've been uh, see, I've been uh, friends with you on Facebook for a while. And um, as a talent, you know, I, I I would love to come down and and work for Infinite Pro Wrestling. We we've talked about that, and when we can make that happen, I'd love to wrestle, you know, and work for Infinite, and maybe uh, get in on some of these recipes. Now, it's, I don't <laughs> do Infinite Wrestling. You're you're saying infinite wrestling. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Ignite <laughs> wrestling. I am so sorry. Yep. <laughs> Not gonna happen now. The excitement <laughs> is so overwhelming, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, right. We're live, people. But no, um, it's been great getting to know how you started the company and getting to know about your life before wrestling and growing up a wrestling fan. Um, you are our third guest ever on on the podcast, <laughs> and. Uh, I want to thank you for your time and being open and honest with us and uh, just shooting the shit with us. Absolutely loved it. Well, yeah. I just never want to play that game again. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, off camera now, you get to pick uh, a song for, for next week. Well, well, who's going to play? Oh, we're playing. Oh. Me and Bear Man are playing next week. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> pun, you have to hit her up on Facebook and get that song from <laughs> Yeah. Get that, get, I got I got the song. Yes, <laughs> I got the song. And Bearman is is pretty confident that he's gonna win without a doubt next week. Damn right I will. So, I don't I don't know about <laughs> so, me, man. I don't. <laughs> he's down there trying to hold me in the corner, and I'm looking like, what the hell does this mean? <laughs> uh, master lock. Oh, master lock. <laughs> 